Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. I'm Cheryl Benton, and welcome to our Happy Hour podcast today, and I'm so excited that Kim Selby, our San Francisco editor, who also rotates hosting our podcast with me, is joining me today for a fun conversation about something that we both believe in, which is the power of saying yes. So, hey, hey, Kim. (laughs) I know, see, you always say yes. That's one of the things, that's one of the things I love about you. And when I even think back to when um, I was first thinking about doing a podcast for the three tomatoes and and I think that was like early January and I reached out to you and I said you know I think we should do a a, a podcast and you like immediately said yes it's not like <laughs> you don't put up all the barriers and oh but maybe it would be this or not so well, so I love that and I think that's that's um definitely one of the things that we want to talk talk about today <laughs> Because I think it's so saying that yes thing is so is so important. But before we get into that, I think it would be great. Uh, you know, you and I have been alternating the podcast. I think we've done. I think this will be number thirty-seven, actually, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Amazing. That's a I, lot of chatting. It is. <laughs> it is. And, and you know, people have heard you, and you're so great when you do them because you're so vibrant and, and fun, but they probably don't know a lot about Kim. So I thought, because you have such a rich and varied background of things that you've done and things that you are doing and things that you're passionate about. So let's talk about Kim for a little bit. Oh, I couldn't possibly share. How could I? <laughs> Well, I mean, I do love saying yes, sometimes to my own detriment, though, you know, where I'm juggling too many balls in the air. But I just think it's important to experience all that life has to offer. And, you know, if you say no to everything, you're limiting yourself. And when you say yes, the opportunities are there and you can always go, oh, wait a minute, maybe maybe I shouldn't do this. But why not take a leap into the unknown or the known? But into the unknown is certainly more fun. And say, yes. I mean, I love it. I think I've always been that way. Always. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I have, you know, a lot of stories I can tell, but I'm not going to go into my stories, but I love to talk. So I think that's why when you asked about the podcast and when I grew up, I wanted to be Oprah or Katie Couric, even though we're all the same age, I still wanted to be like them (laughs) and interview people. So having you say you wanted to start a podcast was like, yeah, this is me. This is what I want to do. I love it. So I'm having a blast doing it. So much fun. So much fun. So, so I mean, I, what do you want to know? Yeah. You so you, ha- you know, you just, you have such an interesting background. And one of the things that we've, well, I, that I've definitely learned through doing the three tomatoes all these years, but we've heard it so many times in uh, the podcast too this year, we've talked to so many interesting people that, 
very often what we start out to do, you know, we end up doing 180s and more than once in our lives, you know, often. Uh, you know, my path to Three Tomatoes had so many swirls and turns and and whatnot. And I know that yours yours says too. And I know yeah. you started out because you wanted to be in theater, right? I did. I wanted to be a star when I was part of my public speaking. Now I'm going to be a public speaker, you know, because yeah. that's what I want to do too. And part of my, the biggest thing is that I, I think it's really vital to look at what you wanted to do and be when you were seven and eight years old in order to help you find your passion in life or your not if not your vocation, your avocation. But I wanted to be a star. That's what I would tell people. I wanted to be a star. And you know, um, part of my story is that your light gets dimmed. That starlight gets dimmed many times throughout your life. Everybody has that for one thing or another. Um, you know, where whether you're beat down from, you know, we're we're all that way. Once, you know, we're born these glorious little creatures, and then people say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. And so you you come into your shell more. But, you know, the, the acting thing, I did it my whole life and I did it throughout high school, college. And then when I lived in Manhattan, I did community theater, which I loved, but it never turned into a vocation. And I just don't think it was meant to be for me in this lifetime. However, it doesn't mean that I don't, uh, you know, sort of live that, that life of uh, being on stage, <laughs> I guess. Right. You found uh, other ways to channel all of, all of that. Right. I mean, passion. Exactly. And I, I did one of my favorite jobs was working for Glamour magazine in Manhattan in the 1980s, back in the olden days. And I brought the pages of the magazine to life and traveled around the country. And I got to talk to hundreds of women and talk about fashion and another passion of mine and style and looking great. And when you look great, you feel great. And so I was able to parlay that. So working for Glamour Magazine was one of my favorite jobs ever. And I was able to be on stage without being an actress as well. But I, fashion and fitness and theater are, are really huge passions of mine. And I produced fashion shows for 20-some-odd years. Uh, and I was on the directing side of that because I directed them. I chose the clothes. I chose the music. I did the choreography. And it was like putting on... A theatrical show. And I loved it. And that was great too. That was just, you know, life takes its turns. Did I ever think I'd be producing fashion shows? No. Who right. knew? You know, I just, uh, I, I had no idea when I said yes to the job at Glamour where that would lead me. And then when I said yes to working at Saks Fifth Avenue in Palo Alto as the fashion director, I had no idea where that would take me. And life just sort of kept, uh, you know, throwing things at me. And then, well, you know, then my friend Beth and I just, uh, for those of you who don't know how I came into the Three Tomatoes, we're doing an event in Manhattan, even though I live in California, for called Next, Navigating Exciting Transitions. Because as women, we seem to always be looking for the next thing, particularly as we get a little older into our third act, seconds and third, third acts, and we want to put on an event interviewing a group of women as you well know, Cheryl, <laughs> to find out how they came to where they are currently from what they used to do. And Cheryl was one of our guests because a good I friend know. of mine talked about her. I know. So that was the st that was the start of Kim and Cheryl. So it's exactly. just so great. I know. And I think that was five or six years ago now. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Because I mean, you know, and and Cheryl writing this newsletter for oh women who aren't kids. 
I love that. And then I said to Cheryl, for those of you who don't know, who nobody does know, I was reading the LA and, and New York editions and I, I was loving them so much. And I said, so Cheryl, when are you going to do a San Francisco edition? And she said, well, do you want to do it? And I said, yes, without hesitation. I know. That's why, <laughs> that's why I love you, Kim. You're the, you're the queen of saying yes. No, it's so, it's so great. It's so positive. And another thing too, what people don't know about you, you're a, a most amazing yogi. I mean, People, if they follow you on Instagram, people, and you should follow Kim, you'll see her doing headstands and just all kinds of things that look possible, impossible to the rest of us mere mortals. But we bow well, down to you, Kim. You're pretty well, awesome with you. all of that. Well, and, interesting. I mean, I do all that, and yet my back hurts, my knees hurt, things hurt because they're just going to, but it's like just saying yes to life, you know, like just do it, right? right? Yeah. You know? And I know one of the things that you've gotten very into um, fairly recently, too, is improv. And that's all about saying yes. Yes, all about saying yes. I took my first improv class four years ago, and I haven't stopped. I love it so much. It is. you, And, and the power of saying yes is so important in so many different arenas. It's interesting, Cheryl, because... There is a TED Talk, and I can't remember who does it, about um, improv and how helpful it is for Alzheimer's caregivers and how important it is for them to just say yes to the care, the people they are caring for. If someone says, oh, yes, I saw grandma the other day, and you just say, yes, you did, that's right. You know, instead of contradicting people, right. you know, saying, no, no, you did not, she's not with us anymore, or whatever it is. And I thought that was particularly interesting in the guise of aging. And I think as we get older, it's important for ourselves to just say yes to things. So we try new things, you know, so you step outside your comfort zone. That's I'm very passionate about that, as you know. Yeah. I, yeah. And I and I am, too. And I think that that kind of goes along, too, with uh, you were talking about people who want to put out your light early on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there are so it, there are a lot of naysayers out there, and I've experienced it so many times as a uh, really as a serial entrepreneur. And you know, and I'm like you, Kim. I get up every morning, and you know, I have a million ideas. Some of them work, some of them don't work. But I'm just a big believer in if you've if you've got an idea and you think you might be able to execute it, put it out there. The worst thing is going to happen. It's it's not going to work. But it's amazing how many people want to rain on your parade. And you'll put an, an idea out there. And so many people, instead of sort of looking at it from the point of view of the value of that, they look at it for all the reasons why that's not going to work and why that could and why that could fail, which is to me a, another part of that saying yes thing and how yeah. and and how we look at things. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I you know I've done so many that's things that just seem like cr you know crazy things that I knew nothing about uh, that I'm so glad I did because it was really all about just being willing to put yourself out there and take a risk. And I'll just I'll give a couple of quick examples. Yeah, I was going to say, but yeah, know, I think people need to know you know, about what prompted you to start the three tomatoes? Yeah, well, it was really, it, it was, you know, I, I had gotten into advertising. I'm just going to tell the brief version of this story because it's something that 
uh, it's a story that I tell a lot of times when I'm when I have a chance to speak to uh, to younger women, because I'd actually started out my career working for a very large uh, technology company, and I was actually there for ten years. That was how I got into advertising and marketing. I got to the point where I was the head of all the marketing, and I was running. Uh, three of their divisions with all the advertising and we had ad agencies and all that good stuff. So at the end of 10 years, so I was getting pretty bored being on the client side. And I thought, you know, the agency side just seems so much more exciting. And that's where I want to be. So I actually started to talk to some of the big agencies in New York City. And no one wanted to hire me because I didn't have any agency experience. And I even went to one big agency and here I had been working for 10 years. I was a very senior level person at a major company. And they said, well, you know, we do have this internship program we could put you into, which was something, you know, all the college kids, I would have been working <laughs> yeah. with one tenth of my salary. I'm like, no, I don't think I'm going to do this. So what I did instead was, I said, you know what, I'm just going to start my own ad agency. And I went to my bosses who I worked for and I said, listen, I want to start an ad agency and I would like you to be my first clients. And they all said yes. And I started this agency. I had no idea what the agency side was, but I thought, you know what, I can, I'm going to figure this out as I go along. So I owned my own agency for 10 years. And then 10 years later, I was acquired by one of the largest at what was then one of the largest ad agencies in the world. And guess what? It was the agency that 10 years before wanted to hire me as an intern. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know what? I actually, is, I, I actually I, went to work there, and I ran, and I became, you know, I ran one of their divisions. So that was how I got, you know, into the agency business. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, but who does that? Who says I'm going to start an ad agency? <laughs> Not many people. That's amazing. <laughs> so you know, it's, uh, and I just love to tell people that story because it's like people will always try to put boulders in front of you. And you just sometimes have to figure out a way to walk around the boulders is basically what you have to do instead of trying to climb over them. So that was what I did. And I always laughed when I look back. I'm like, oh, my God, if I had known then what this was all about, <laughs> would I have ever done that? But, you know, I was I was very happy we did. So, um, you know, fast forward, I had a great career in advertising, loved it, then left you know, left the business because you just get to the point where you you basically kind of age out is really the truth. You want to talk about ageism. But I left. I was doing marketing consulting, but I knew all these great women in New York City at the time who were over 50, over 60, over 70, who were very vibrant and vital and living awesome lives. And we would start to have these conversations where we were basically feeling ignored and we were starting to feel invisible to to some extent and it was either because we were feeling you know women at the top of their game in their careers were st suddenly starting to feel marginalized uh as they were getting older or, or it was you know marketers weren't paying attention to us it was nobody was designing clothes for us anymore so i thought just for the fun of it i started this little newsletter that was the conversations i was having with my friends i called it the three tomatoes i sent it to 60 friends 
And that's how this all took off and happened. I mean, I certainly never expected to be a publisher of a website. I mean, that's what's happened. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm now a publisher. So, uh, but if I had kept, you know, if I hadn't kept saying yes to things, uh, that would not have happened. I just, you know, I didn't put all those no's and not that there weren't days, believe me, when I had a lot of doubts and we all still do, but I just thought, well, I'll figure this out as I go along, you know, how hard yeah. can it be? <laughs> and oh, how you, hard can it be? <laughs> and now you know how to do podcasts, you know how to publish books. You're, I mean, you're amazing. I, I just, the boundless energy is inspiring. I mean, I feel like sometimes I crash, I have the energy and then, but I look at what you do every day and it's, it's truly amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. But it is, it, it's just, it's about, it's about saying yes. And I love looking around and I know, as I said, we, we interviewed, we've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast this year. And so many of the stories that we heard were so similar to ours with people started out doing one thing and either didn't like it or felt passionate about something else and found another path to doing something that they really love and that they that they really enjoy doing and i think that's because they you know you listen to they listen to those voices inside about what makes them instead of listening to all the noise around them and then just had the courage to say i'm i'm gonna go try this and it's just so important and i have to say one of the you know we do our uh three tomatoes renewal summit every year and a couple of years ago, I think my very favorite panel, it was a panel of um, four amazing women who are all in their 80s, just extraordinary women. And the conversation on that stage was really awesome because, first of all, they are all still such active, so actively engaged in life. And they all said, first of all, not one of them ever thinks about age, how old they are. It just, they forget. They don't even think about it. Each one of them said they basically get up in the morning and they say, you know, whether they have aches or pains or whatever, they get up and say, what exciting thing can I do today? Ooh. And it was just such a great way of, of how they look at their lives. And one of them, her name is uh, Carol Sue Gershwin. She's, she's amazing. And I, and I have taken her advice to heart so many times. She had said, she's, and she lives in Manhattan. She dresses beautifully. She also travels the world by herself, solo. She's been doing this since she was in, in her 40s. She just got back from uh, uh, a month in Korea and Japan where she traveled on her own. She's really, really quite extraordinary. But she said, you know, there's so many nights, she said, there's evenings, I'm sitting in my apartment, and she said, you know, I love watching streaming TV and old movies, and I'm comfortable, I'm in my, you know, my comfy clothes, and someone will call me to come out and do something. And she said, and a lot of times I think, oh, I'm kind of tired, I don't want to do this. And then she said, you know what? I get myself up, I get myself dialed up, I put on my lipstick and I go out and I say yes. And she said, and it is so great. And I I think about that all the time because there's so many times. I mean, I really would lo love to be just a homebody. I mean, I have to be out there to do things, but I right. actually could be 
I'm very good at being a homebody <laughs> 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 and, and being in my sweats and not going anywhere. And so many times where, you know, that'll happen, I'll think, oh, God, do I really want to do this? Or I have to go out and do that. And now I always think about what Carol Sue says. And I'm like, just do it. And then once I'm out, then I'm always like, wow, I'm so glad I did this. And something usually you know, good and positive or energizing comes out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think that's true in so many arenas of our life, not just in the, you know, forcing ourselves to get up and go out, but to saying yes to an opportunity that you just never know where it's going to take you. You know, if it's, uh, I mean, I, I can't think of any examples. And I know we have interviewed so many people that have said this, that their lives took a different track because of it. And because I am over a certain age, I can't remember all those interviews. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I'll give you one. I'll tell you one because he's so extraordinary. It's Andrew Mellon, who I actually hope you get to do an event with in San Francisco. Yeah. He's, uh, he's extraordinary. He's a professional organi organizer. He's called America's Most Organized Man. He's one of the most phenomenal presenters I've ever heard. And his, mm -hmm. whole, his whole view on organizing, it's not about just organizing and labeling your stuff. It's about getting rid of stuff and not just getting rid of the stuff, you know, getting rid of the stuff in your life. I mean, it's such a bigger Ooh. topic, but the way he got into this, I love his story. He started out as an actor and he was a theater director and that's what he did. He was managing theater companies all over the place and he was managing a theater company, I'm going to probably screw up the story because like you, I can't remember <laughs> shit. I don't remember all the details. So apologies to Andrew, but he was in this theater company, managing this theater company in DC. And I think it was a nonprofit and they had this lovely board. But anyway, through that, he happened to meet this Nobel Prize winner whose name escapes me. Uh -huh. And he was very impressed with Andrew, but also his ability to organize things. And he said, you run things really well. He said, you know, I have all of these archives and things I don't know what to do with. Would this be something you would consider organizing for me? And Andrew immediately said, yes, that would be a great opportunity. So so he was, he was supposed to meet them, you know, on a Wednesday and then a Friday and it kept being postponed. But what happened was he was so excited about this. He started telling everybody, you know, he knew he's like, I'm going to organize, you know, so-and-so's amazing archive. So over the course of the four months and the thing with the Nobel Peace Prize winner kept getting postponed. He actually, he actually never did that. But he had friends who came to him and said, you know, his one friend said, you know, I have a friend who uh, she's she runs a small uh, accounting firm and her files are a mess. She could use some. He organized her stuff. He set up a system. And at by the end of four months, he actually had three clients. And that was how he got into the whole organizing business. And he said it actually took all of his skills and everything that he loved, which was about helping people and getting out there into creating this business. But none of that would have happened if he hadn't, if he had said no to this guy. Yeah, I, I'm i sitting here thinking, this sounds familiar. Well, duh, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, it's just an amazing story. It was such yeah. a great example of saying, yeah. and how many of us would have said, oh, no, that's not what I do. You know, I do right. this theater thing. I don't do that. 
Right. And I don't know, Cheryl, how we can encourage our listeners to say yes more often, other than by saying it brings you great joy. The unexpected also always brings you great joy. If I had not said yes to the podcast, I would not have gotten to interview, excuse me, the costume designer for the oh, Marvel yes. Oh my gosh. I would not have gotten the opportunity to interview any of these fabulous people who, whether or not people are listening to the podcast and they better be, okay, I think they should go back and listen to them if they haven't heard them all. Um, it is such an opportunity. And I think that when you say yes, you open yourself up to so many more glorious moments that life has to offer. I mean, it's like that Shonda Rhimes book where it said, I think her, the title of the book is she said yes to everything for a year. And it's fascinating how, you know, the twists and turns. But if you're just sitting at home in your comfy jammies and you're never saying yes, you're going to stay sitting at home and binge watching Netflix, right? Exactly. And, you know, some yep. of it too, I, I, you know, some of it too, I think does come from like when we're in our 30s and 40s and we're raising families and kids and stuff, you know, people were like, well, you have to start learning to say no. I think for a lot of us that and that was, you know, we were so over overextended ourselves with everything because we wanted to be, you know, super women that we kept saying yes to task. I guess that's the difference that but then it started to get so ingrained in us that, oh, we have to learn to start turning saying no, that I think our yes buttons got turned off somewhere along the line. There's mm-hmm. a difference between saying knowing how to say no to someone imposing some extra burden ba- basically on you as opposed to saying yes to things and adventures and opportunities. Right. I think you're right. Because I know I, for one, got sucked into the whole PTA thing and said yes to everything, PTA president twice. And that's where I think the saying no to some things is a good idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think I overextended myself by saying yes to too many things, but at least I did it, you know, and, you know, I may not have done everything in my life a hundred percent at that time. But I did things. I did it when no one else would step up and do it. So I think that there there is a fine line. There's a line yes. where, of course, you have to protect your self-care and yourself and not run yourself ragged and say no to some things. But I think, as you mentioned, it's really more about saying yes to experiencing experiences. Uh, in, you know, don't say no to those theater invitations, those last minute theater invitations, just because you're too tired to go out and see it. If I just, I really highly encourage people to step outside your box and do something unexpected. Yes. That's, and you're really good at that. Topic. And you're, well, and you're great at doing that, Kim. You know, you are. That's <laughs> one of the things I really admire about you is you do, you do step out of that box all the time. So I think that's terrific. Well, thank you. I I think I search out those things too. You yeah. know, you don't have to search them out, but just be open to the possibilities of what saying yes will bring you. Exactly. Well, I've had so much fun talking <laughs> to us. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love us. We're so fun. I know. I know. This was great. This was really great. And I've been drinking my wine because it is happy hour. I know it was a little too early for you, for you on the West Coast. So. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'm going to do a little clink clink here to you with your teacup or whatever you're drinking. Exactly. I've got my water bottle. So I'm okay. So I'll think of you, you later. 
<laughs> so, uh, so here's to you, and uh, we'll do this again. And I do hope everyone starts listening to um, some of the podcasts that we've done in the past because there's really there were some amazing people and some great lessons in in every one of them. I think I know I learned a lot. So yeah, thanks. it's interesting. I think we could call this the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. Say yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Kim. Thank you, Cheryl. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. (laughs) Bye.